Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's have a word of prayer. We're getting to the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. This morning we're going to look at thriving in famine. Thriving in famine and brackets God's promise of provisions. In difficult times. God's promise of provision in difficult times. One of the things I've I've endeavored to establish in this local church by the grace of God is for us as Christians not to bury our head in the sand and assume, uh, for instance, that there's no difficulty out there. The Bible doesn't write to us as Christians and gives us a word of no trial or no difficulty. What the Bible teaches us is that in the midst of difficulty, God's grace is sufficient for us. Praise God. So, two important words in our topic this morning is the word famine. What's famine? Famine is a situation where there is not enough food for a great number of people. Okay? Causing illness and death. Some translations will use the word drought, where there is absolutely no food. Now, in our own case, it won't be as terrible as we have described but famine in scriptures can represent a tough period a tough economic period like we find ourselves today now in the old testament we have several descriptions of the periods of famine and we're going to go through them that connote hunger famine droughts when you read through scriptures you'll find that there are two reasons why we have famine the first one is a natural reason the natural cause and where there is a very low amount of rainfall or no rainfall at all you'd have famine and in recent times we've had famine in places like ethiopia and a couple of countries uh, even some parts of kenya why because that's a natural cause no rain then the second instance is where you have famine in scriptures is where there's God's judgment because the children of Israel had disobeyed him. So there's uh, a natural cause of famine and uh, sometimes a supernatural cause of ca- uh, famine which is uh, the judgment of God. So in our own case we are using famine as our economic situation. Uh, this one is not supernatural, this one is natural. Alright, so we're not, we're not in a bad economic state in our nation because God is judging us. We are where we are because we've had terrible leaders. 
even though they don't think they are, but we do know they are because you cannot lead uh, you cannot lead people from prosperity into poverty and still call yourself a good leader. Am I the only one in this country? <laughs> All right, just want to be sure. So we have a natural economic situation which is caused by nature. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, there were some economic issues, and all of that fallout has come in here. What is our response in times like this? How does a Christian thrive? And that's that's why I want you to follow me. So we're going to go through. We're going to do a lot of scriptural reading today. Okay, this is not a Christmas service. All right. So we're going to look at eleven instances first of all, where there were famine in scriptures. And I just want to give you a lot of scriptures for you to understand that difficult times are not strange. Difficult times are not strange. Things have been bad. Things are bad. Things will be bad. If you ask your grandfather, he will tell you of things that were very bad. If you ask your father, he will tell you of seasons that were bad. How many of you remember the message, the wisdom of Joseph? Alright? So, cyclically, there's always economic issues. And believers shouldn't treat it like it's something out of the blues. I remember in 2003, they, they talked about the global recession. This is how many years after. So, we don't, we don't find it strange. Because the scriptural records... And don't tell me it's the sign of the end time. Just, just leave that away. Because uh, eschatological people have a way of tying everything to end time. Just throw that out of the door. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because when you think it's the sign of the end time, you're thinking of how the rapture is going to happen and how you're going to run away from here. You will not plan how to thrive. Are you hearing what I'm saying now? Genesis chapter 12 verse 10, the first time. Genesis chapter 12 and verse 10. Come with me. So these are famines as recorded in scriptures. Genesis 12 10. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For, there was, for the famine was severe in the land. It was bad. It was severe. It was a bad famine. Genesis 26 verse 1. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 1. Now there was a famine in the land. Look at this. There was a famine in the land besides the previous famine. Right? That had occurred in the days of Abraham. So there was a famine in the days of Abraham. Abraham gave birth to Isaac. Isaac lived and lived and lived and lived. Another famine came and the scripture said this was not the same famine that occurred in the days of Abraham. So difficult times will not end with you. Your children will enter into their own difficult times. You don't have to say amen, but it will happen. Because that's how life is designed. Because government will make bad decisions, things will go on with the economy. So there is no prevention of it. You learn how to thrive in it. It's not God forbid. It's cyclical. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So having this understanding braces you up for it. 
So he says, besides the previous famine, in the days of Abraham. So Isaac experienced his own famine. Alright. Let's go on now. So we've seen two famines. Genesis 41, 54. Genesis 41, 54. We've seen two now. Genesis 41, 54. When the seven years of plenty which had been in the land of Egypt came to an end, verse 54, sorry, I read 53, 54, and the seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said, then there was famine in all the lands, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. So, so Abraham experienced this famine. Are you with me? Yes. Come on now. Isaac experienced what? His famine. Now who is this? Jacob, Joseph, their own famine. Things are high. You are not the first generation. This is your own time. Sufficient is the trouble for you today. Your own children will come in and they will still experience their high things. So, God forbid is not the cure to thriving in economic situation. To find out from scriptures, how did these people survive? Praise God. So, we found three famines now. This famine also extended to, to Canaan, okay? Uh, because that's where the children of Israel were. Verse, chapter 42, verse 1 or 2. Now Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, and Jacob said to his sons, Why are you staring at one another? He said, Behold, I had heard that there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us from that place so that we may live and not die. Hmm? So that we may live and not die. So they experienced famine, extended up onto Canaan. Now, Genesis 41, uh, go to 56, verse 56. Go back to Genesis 41, 56. Follow me carefully. When the famine was spread over, everybody say spread over. So this was a growing famine. You can say this was global famine. This was not a particular to a, uh, this was not uh, restricted to a particular nation, right? It says when the famine was spread all over the face of the earth, then Joseph opened the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. So this famine was growing. We could call this a global famine. It spread throughout the face of the earth. So you can't wish this away. You can't, you can't pray it away. It's part of the earth. Why? I said they are natural and supernatural courses. Because people make stupid decisions in leadership. Which affects. Someone can just come up and say we've changed the Naira notes. And then things go bad. Or somebody can just make decisions. We've blocked the border. And things go up. Or somebody can just say, you know what I'm saying? So, the fact that you have natural men in leadership doesn't always mean they'll make the right decisions. And that's why the Bible tells us in Timothy to pray for our leaders. It says so that you may live a good and peaceful life. Why? Because every leader in position makes decisions that impact you. Whether you voted them in, or they got in, or they were put in, or they bought themselves in. However they got into position, when they are in position, whatever decisions they make affect you. So you must know how to navigate that. 
Praise God. Are you still here? Even as, uh, as the head of your home, it's sometimes you can blame the government, but you can also make decisions that causes famine in your family. You know, you can experience household famine. And then if that household famine spread, it now spreads to your parents and spread to your cousins who were depending on you. Yeah, you can cause household famine. You can make funny business decisions that put your family into poverty. So this famine spread all over the face of the earth. So this is a global famine. In the time of the judges, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. Ruth 1 1. So we're just tracing famine in the Old Testament. Now it came to about in the days when the judges governed that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Judah went to sojourn in the land of Moab with his wife and his two sons. So we find two things always happen in famine. Please pay attention. When there is famine, people always leave the country. Is Jakba there now? <laughs> Judah went to Jakba in the land of Moab. The, listen, listen, is Bible. I don't have any issues. The first natural instinct when there's famine is escape. Are you hearing this now? If you read all through the famine scripture, you see somebody taking off. That's why God now told Isaac, please. Okay, stay in the land. So, the first thing a Christian must decide in famine is what is God saying? That's the first thing. Because there are some famine your natural escape can run from. There are some that will spread around the earth. You will waste transport. I'm teaching you the truth of God's word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we've seen famine in Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Canaan. Now famine in the days of the judges. During the time of David, 2 Samuel 21. 2 Samuel 21 and verse 1. Now there was famine in the days of David for three years. So year after year and David sought the presence of the Lord and the Lord said it is for Saul and his bloody house because he put the Gibeonites to death. So this one was caused by the disobedience of Saul. So we've seen famine in the days of Abraham, famine in the days of Isaac, famine in the days of Jacob, famine in the days of Joseph, famine in the days of the judges, famine in the days of David. And we can trace famine that way, that way, until your day. <laughs> Amen? And if our grandchildren keep living, they will trace it from us and trace it to their days. Oh, we've never seen anything like this before. It's, that's why you're seeing it now. So you can have a first-hand experience of how famine looks like. Come with me to 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. In the days of Ahab, there was famine. 
First Kings 17:1. Now Elijah the Tishbite, who was one of the settlers of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, surely there will be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. This was caused by the disobedience of the children of Israel. The days of Elijah also. Right? Ahab and Elijah, first Kings 18:2. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. So sometimes famine can be in certain countries and not in certain countries. So we, we can go through a difficult time in Nigeria and it's not like that in other countries. So uh, these conditions are not, some are global, some are local, some are within some regions. But what I want to establish to you is all through scriptures we have people go through these seasons and they prospered. So how did they prosper? Uh, in the days of Elisha, Second Kings chapter four and verse thirty-eight. So, God, come with me to Second Kings chapter four, verse thirty-eight. When Elisha returned to Gilgal, there was famine in the land. As the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, he said to the servant, "Put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets." <laughs> there was famine, but the prophets, the sons of the prophets, were eating stew. There's famine in the land. So you realize, right from the days of Abraham, they've been famine. Okay. During the siege of Samaria, 2 Kings 6.25. 2 Kings 6.25. There was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for eight chickens of silver, and a fourth of a cab of dove's dung for five chickens of silver. It was so bad, they were buying bed's dung. Give me NLT. When you see dung there, don't think it's a type of crackers. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Uh, NLT uses dung. Let's see NIV. What does it use? I, I didn't check other translations. Okay. But they were just. So it's pretty expensive. I was preaching in Liberia a couple of years ago, and I was talking to some of the people who survived the war. And they were saying during the time of the war, anything that was green, they started eating. Food was gone. Everything was gone. Once they saw a green grass, they didn't care whether it was vegetables, the the body. At a point, they were hunting for lizards. Now, some of you who select food is because you have not gone through war. Do you remember there was a famine and two mothers could knife to, to eat their child? If a mother... For fathers, hmm. but if a mother <laughs> volunteers to eat the child, that's bad. And it's not today we're experiencing scammers. Finish eating the child when it was time for the, the woman say for where, and the matter got to the king. Let me tell you, if that woman has not rejected, those two women would have eaten those children like that, and we will not know. But thank God that one of them rejected, so we know. Okay. There was seven years of famine foretold by Elisha in Second Kings chapter eight and verse one. Second Kings chapter eight verse one. Now Elisha spoke to the woman's son had restored to life, saying, Arise, go with your household and sojourn wherever you can sojourn. Travel. For the Lord has called for a famine, and it will even come to the land for seven years. 
So there was a seven years prophesied by Elisha. Okay? So we've gone through, I've got a lot, but we've gone through 11 instances in scriptures where we see what? Famine in how many generations? Several or in every generation. So the reason I pointed out all of those scriptures to you is to tell you that the economic crisis we're going through is not unusual. It's not unusual. So how do we thrive? What does it mean to thrive? To thrive means to flourish. To grow vigorously. To gain in wealth or possession. To prosper. To progress towards a realized, um, progress towards a goal or to realize a goal. That's what it means to thrive. How do you thrive in difficult times? Let's go to this subheading, something else called the two realities in operation. And this is, this is the key in the message. The two realities in operation. Come with me to Psalm 37 and verse 18 to 19. Psalm 37, praise God. Verse 18 to 19. If you're here, say amen. amen. Alright, that's a bit low. If you're here, say amen. amen. Alright. Psalm 37, don't worry, it's not all a bad message to end good. Psalm 37, verse 18 to 19. The Bible says, The Lord knows the dead and their inheritance is what? Forever. What's the next verse? They will not be ashamed where? In the time of evil. And what's the next promise? And in the days of famine, somebody talk to me. What are they going to have? That looks good. Carefully observe, the Bible did not wish away the days of famine. He just said for the blameless man, he would have a different reality in the days of famine. He says, the Lord knows the days of the blameless. We do not serve a God who does not care about us. We do not serve a God. See, God knows the price of meat has gone up. He's aware. I know you think he doesn't, but he knows the price of goods has gone up. God is aware. God is aware that things have gone up. And he's factored your abundance in the midst of famine. I'll tell you for a fact, in this church, next year is going to be our best year ever in every aspect. We're going to have more money at the end of the year. We're going to have more souls at the end of the year. We're going to have more impact at the end of the year. That's what's going to happen and nothing is going to change it. It says, in the days of famine, day, who are the day here? Yeah. Who is the we here? Who is the I here? The blameless man, not me. (laughs) Who are the day? Me. Who is I? Me. No. The blameless man. The man who is blameless has got a different reality. And God knows them. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Listen to me, child of God. You don't have to suffer what other people suffer. You make a choice today. You make a choice of faith. And tell yourself, I'm going to have the best year ever. You make that choice and don't back away from it. 
Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Because God knows our days. Who is the blameless? The righteous. Who is the righteous? We are the righteous ones. Christ has been made unto us what? Righteousness. So I, I want this and, and I want you to hear this message with your heart and practice it and live it. Because I want your life to show in 2024 that God works miracles. So there's a reality of those who are blameless. It says they will not be ashamed. They're going to have plenty in the days of famine. They're going to have abundance in the days of famine. The abundance is not going to be in the days of abundance. In the days of famine, they're going to have abundance because in the days of abundance, everybody has abundance. Yes. Can you say amen? amen. Now, in Exodus chapter 10 and verse 23, the realities of two operations. Exodus chapter 10 verse 23. Do you think that God put all these things in scripture so we just have nine stories to read? No. They're reading for examples. Right? That's what First Corinthians tells us. That these things were written for our examples. And we should be followers of them who through faith and patience did what? Obtain the promise. Praise God. Exodus chapter 10 verse 3. There was darkness in the land. They did not see one another. Nor did anyone arise from his place for three days. But all the sons of Israel had light where? In their dwelling. Come on, did you see that? Yes, sir. There was darkness all over Egypt. For three days they couldn't see one another. But the Bible says in the land of Goshen where the children of Israel what? There was light. That can be our reality. There can be darkness all over the world. And there's light in our house. And we're not apologetic for finding light in our house. We're not, we're not apologetic. You know sometimes. Sometimes we want to. Be apologetic for the favor of God. Because the favor of God comes with a level of persecution. Because sometimes people, uh, people, people just feel that, you know, everybody should just suffer. It makes us, do you, you understand? In this suffering thing, they should, we should just, just complain a bit. And I'm going to tell you, as we read through the scriptures, if you want to see good days, you have to keep your mouth shut. Yes, yes sir. Leave all those lunch hour complaint, all those discussion. Listen to me. You must not say what people say. If not, you will have what they have. And this is not just about a formula. This is life. And all those friends that form a pity party club, you have to choose between your prosperity and being friends with them. Because these are the days we're going to declare loud and clear that in the midst of famine, somebody tell me what's going to happen. We are going to have abundance. Eh, but the truth of the, no, no, the truth of the matter is when there's darkness, we're going to have light. Yes, amen. Why? Because we choose to believe the promise of God in the times of difficulty. Praise God. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation. Let's read from the New Living Translation. Exodus 10, 23. NLT. 
It says, during all the time, the people could not see each other. And no one moved. But there was light. You know what I like? Hey, somebody. Can you see it? You know what I like? What do you think I like in that verse? As usual. Tell your neighbor, as usual. I, I like that sound. Since there was a light. As usual. Which means although the surrounding circumstances change, the children of Israel lived as usual. And what was usual for them? Light. What's going to be usual for us in the year that we're entering into? Abundance. As usual. I like that. As usual. Which means our default state is increased. For the path of the just shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. It didn't say shines brighter and brighter until things go up. Then when things come down again, it will not pick up. No, it shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. You are the one that determines how bright your light is going to shine. But I've made a choice as for me and my house. In the year that we are entering into, our light is going to shine so bright. We're not going to cut down on our giving. We're not going to cut down on our generosity. We're not going to cut down on anything. We're not, and those of you who were not tithing. I feel for you. You know why I feel for you? I'll tell you. Because when things were cheaper, you couldn't tithe. And you know what happened? We did everything we did this year without your tithe. Please, so bad. That your money didn't find itself in the house of God. And the year has ended. And you are not richer. <laughs> Somebody think, ah, you know, I'm going to say, well, if you don't tithe, God is going to curse you. I just feel sorry for you that you're not part of what God is doing. You are saved but stingy. <laughs> you are an example of a stingy, saved, going to heaven man. Things are higher now. I wonder. And even if you don't like next year, we're going to end up richer as a church what are we going to use the money for to do God's work are you hearing what I'm saying hey, but what I have is not enough there's nobody who has enough money if not Dangote would have retired it's an act of faith in the midst of famine to trust God. Are you hearing this? Let's go on. Jeremiah 17, 18. We're talking about two realities. Jeremiah 17, 18. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like when I read Exodus, it, it amazes me when God asks for the offering to build the tabernacle. He says, God told Moses, go and ask them to give me an offering to build my tabernacle. And then the scripture says, and those that the Lord stirred their heart gave. You know what I'll tell you this? You know I don't pull for money. But I feel led to say this and I'll say it. 
You know what happened? The guys who didn't give their gold to build the tabernacle, when Moses asked, when Aaron asked for gold, what happened? They brought their gold. And what did they build? They built a golden calf. What you don't give to God, you'll end up giving something. You, you, you'll end up, see, whatever money that didn't go to the kingdom, you would use it for something. Some of you are wearing your tights on your hair. Okay. Not you, look up, look forward, straight up. But you, know, but you know what I mean, right? You would still use it. Why don't you trust God with it? The Christian life is always an act of faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't think that anybody who gives has more. No, they just trust more. It's not that they have more. They just do what? They just trust more. They just believe more. They just choose obedience more. Okay, let's leave the money issue. Jeremiah 17, 8, please. Verse 7. Blesses the man who trusts in the Lord. Who does what? What's the active word here? Trust in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord what, what is this man going to be like he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends his root by a stream and will not fear when the heat comes but its leaves will be green and it will not be what I didn't hear that word loud and clear church of the living God it will not be what anxious in a year of drought nor cease to yield his fruit anxiety must not find its place in your heart Esale, my dear sisters, we've got to have a house conversation right now that we don't talk about the price of things anymore. We're going to have that conversation after this Sunday. Because every time you go to the market, what happens to your heart? Come on, somebody, talk to me now. Come on. Anytime you go to the market, what comes? What comes? What? 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 what what's in your heart? Anxiety. How much is meat? Five, five. <laughs> Where are we going to in this country? Where? <laughs> I'm sure the, you know, I saw this stuff on social media. You know, I saw like Buhari, uh, President Buhari was looking through a very small door. I was like, should I come back? Should I know? The prices of things is going to put anxiety in your heart. So you start asking how we're going to take care of tomorrow. You deal with that thought. You know what? There's enough abundance in tomorrow for you because you're a child of God. Right? So some of you have to put a ban in your house. We don't discuss prices. Because then you go on discuss and discuss and discuss and destroy a future you have not entered into. The way it's going will stop eating me <laughs> Relax. God is in heaven. And he's a good God. I said God is in heaven. And he is a great God. Listen, I'm believing that in the year to come, we're going to have miracles in this church. Miracles of. Let me tell you something right now. People are going to build houses in this church next year. Going to own houses, going to own cars, going to have send their children to school, going to help other people pay school fees. We are going to live as usual. 
Jews. Why? Because we're trusting God. Verse 7. Go back to verse 7. Why are we, why can we make such statements? Because we trust in the Lord and the man who trusts in the Lord is blessed. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Where is your trust? In God. Not in Naira. Where, where is your trust? In God. Not even in dollars. Where is your trust? In God. Remember our series of have faith in God. Learn to put your faith in the right place. Let me tell you. God is going to open multiple doors of opportunity for you. The favor of God is going to come. People are going to. You know things are just going to happen in your favor. Why? Because you trust in God. Praise God. Are you still here? Alright. So two realities. One man is cursed. Another man in the year of drought. There's no anxiety. There's no. The heart is not moved. The heart is not shaken. Isaiah 60 verse 2. God gave us this scripture this year. I don't know how many of you meditated on it. You know. Or dear sister was sharing a testimony with, with us. Some few days back. And she said. Every word you say. Everything you declare. I just believe it. And man, they've got some very, very interesting testimonies. Oh, very interesting testimonies. <laughs> very interesting. Praise God. Came to the house and um, said, The doctor had said, If your baby doesn't come before so so date, we're going to have to induce you. And he said, I know when we pray, the baby's going to come. I just said, No. <laughs> And myself and Pastor prayed very simple prayer because we're not the ones that answers prayer. You know, in fact, when they left, I felt in my heart that ah, I hope they, they feel that we really prayed with our hearts. <laughs> and the next day, about 2:20 p.m., give birth because God works miracles. Are you still here? Yes, sir. Blessed is the man who trusts in God. Your trust is not in your boss. Your trust is in God. Isaiah 60 verse 2. For behold. Verse, verse 1. Arise. Shine. For what? My light has come. And the glory of the Lord has done what? Risen upon who? Upon me. Verse 2. For behold, what's going to happen on the earth? Darkness will cover the earth. And what's going to happen to the people on it? Deep darkness, the people, but the Lord. Somebody say, but the Lord. That's the game changer. But the Lord will arise upon you. And his glory will appear before you. Verse 3. Nations will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. There will be darkness all over. But there will be light in your house. As usual. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I said glory to God. Thriving in famine. Even in the natural. Right? Let me give you some natural stuff. In the natural. When there was the Great Depression in 1933. History has it. That in that Great Depression, over 10 millionaires arose from the Great Depression. People like J. Paul Getty, the oil magnate, was from the Great Depression. In times of Great Depression, wealth is also transferred. 
wealth. America had the Great Depression in 1933. Ten million years came out of that season. See, no matter what you say, no matter what you think, no matter what you, are, you believe, no matter how you think things are going up, next year people are going to get married, people are going to build houses. Everything that people have been doing, people will still do. Maybe you will not, but people will still do it. Not everybody is suffering. And don't generalize it. It's not a general cause. It's an elective. It's not a general. You don't need to go through it to qualify for anything. Stop assuming. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And don't join sides with the masses. You, you know, don't join sides. Don't be a defender of the masses. So that you are not identifying with the poor. No, God says help them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I hope you get my because social media now you can take a statement and go and now post what I don't know. But I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. In the natural, people will still do massive things next year. Why not you? Why exempt yourself even before you get into the air? Why count yourself out in a fight you haven't even started? See, the way things are looking. Oh, what have you seen? You didn't read economics in school. But you have calculated your downfall already. You see, in the year we are entering into, keep your mouth shut. If you don't have anything to say, don't talk. And let me tell you, what you post, you believe. Out of the abundance of the man's heart, posting emerges. So don't say, I'm just posting. Mm -mm, Don't joke. Don't joke with your future. Instead of posting hardship, why don't you post abundance? That's why I said, don't side. Don't, Don't take side. Don't joke with your future. He didn't say, you shall have what he said if he's serious. No, you shall have what you say. Go and listen to the law of words again. And I'll talk about it now. Let me go there because my time is going. Joseph Kennedy, um, Michael Cullen, J. um, J. Paul Getty, all those people through stocks, through oil, through movies, they became millionaires in the Great Depression. You could go study the Great Depression, 1933 in America. Millionaires came up. What's God's promise to us? Job 5.20. Help me with that. Job chapter 5 and verse 20. And I'll give you five steps to take. My time is running. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to the name of the Lord. Can you see Job 5.20? What did he say? In, the, in famine, he will redeem you from death. And in the war, from what? The power of the sword. In famine, what's God going to do? He will redeem you from death. Can I tell you something? Do you observe when, when Jacob, even though there was famine, when Jacob was sending his children to, um, to Egypt, what did he say? He didn't say go and beg food. He said go and buy. He gave them money to buy because he was a child of the covenant. Some of you are already planning loans for next year. Shut that thing out of your mouth. I just take uh, seven thousand here. Take here, take here, take how what is that? Some of you have just shut out supernatural supplies totally. You don't even believe it anymore in the favor of God.
Go delete those loan apps from your, from, from your phone. And you see banks offering all kinds of things now. Collect your salary beforehand. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Come on, child of God. How long will you be indebted? It's a long journey. You are going to live very long. And it's, it's not a good time to owe. Hmm? Smile. <laughs> Psalm 33 verse 19. Psalm 33 verse 19. Thank you, Lord. Are you, still, are, you, are you learning something this morning? It says, To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive when? This is God's promises. He wants you alive. He wants to keep you alive. You know, God began to deal with me on this. And I was telling Pastor about it yesterday before we went to bed. About returning to the basics of faith in God. Trust in God. Hallelujah. Immersing ourselves in the word again. Filling up ourselves in the word again. Because, you see, your your confession can change very quickly. All, all... Sorry, sisters, you know I love you. I mean, so, I use you as an example, but, I mean, you know, if there's anybody I love in this church, it's the ladies, all right? All, all that needs to alter your confession is for your wife to come and just come from the market and drop the paper bag and say, guess how much? Guess how much? <laughs> say, it's 100,000 days. Hey, this man, I said it, this man should not have won. This other man, and then your confessions. This country is finished. There's nothing here. Oh, there, there's nothing. They should sell the country. They should just sell all of us. <laughs> you know, people say, people say they should sell the country and just divide the money. Let everybody go and start their own country like uh, we have sold Nigeria it's one billion or this is your own or so hard we <laughs> God will keep you alive yes, are you hearing what I'm saying yes, you have to watch you will have what you say but one thing I know is that God already has a promise to prosper you for I know the plans that I have towards you, saith the Lord, the plans of good and not of evil, that you would have what? Come on, somebody tell me, an expected end. That's what we are faith. Listen to me, child of God. This is a faith church. We're faith people. We believe the word of God. And if you're not comfortable with faith, try the supermarket next door. But we believe faith here. We believe that in the midst of famine, God will supply our needs. We believe that our generosity will not be reduced. We believe that God will empower us to take care of the poor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is a faith church. We believe the word of God. We believe in signs. We believe in wonders. We believe in miracles. We believe in favor. If God said it, that settles it. We don't debate God's word here. We're people of faith. And God is true to his word. Say amen. Amen. Alright, steps to take. Number one. Steps to take. Deal with any form of anxiety and fear by God's word. Steps to take. Practical steps to take. So if you have not been writing, write this one. Steps I must take. Thank you, Lord. Let's have Jeremiah 17 verse 8 again. Thank you, Jesus. And he will not be anxious in the year of drought. Deal with every form of anxiety by the word of God. 
Matthew 6 31 says, Do not worry then saying. Matthew 6 31. Do not worry then saying. Do not worry then saying. Matthew 6 31. How do you worry? Say, say, by what you say. Your worry shows in your confession. Okay? Matthew chapter 6 verse 31. Do not worry then saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Alright. So ensure that you do not worry. Deal with, listen to me. Are the anxieties real? They are real. Are the prices of things going up? Yes. Has your landlord increased rent? Yes. Has transportation gone up? Yes. We're not denying those facts. But that anxiety must not get into your heart. How do you, how do you take that anxiety out? You get into the word of God. You listen to the word of God again. Feed your heart. Let me tell you, if there's a year where you need to get into God's word more than ever before, it's the year that we're entering into. You put the word of God in your heart. You put, listen, some of you, we put the confession cards in your Fade Refreshers uh, bag. Some of you have no idea that there's a confession card there. I hope you have not used it to go and buy a car. Go home, pick up that card. There's a card on favor there. It don't take you 10 minutes to confess that every morning. Speak the favor of God over your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And people are not helping people nowadays. No, 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 no. That's not true. That's an elective course. You're the only one taking it. <laughs> people are helping people. This shirt I'm wearing now was given to me this week. Uh, say amen. amen. No, you don't have to get jealous. It's just say amen. That's, that's, that's okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's an elective course. Don't take any elective course that you don't want to take. People are still helping people. This world is wicked. No, 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 no. It's your world. That is wicked. There are so many haters. You are just introducing us to your circle of friends. (laughs) Beware of general statesmen that go against God's word. You will find help wherever you go. The favor of God will come upon your life. You will meet the right people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We must be careful not to allow anxiety make us say what others are saying. Because our reality is different. We have light as usual. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. And don't listen to this message now and go back tomorrow and say you are grooving Christmas and groove with unbelievers. Eh? Because if you sit in the council of the ungodly, you will not flourish like palm tree. This is not magic. You have to work it out. So it's not like tomorrow you say, ah, she's about to say, not true, not true, not true. See, that's why people here just to relax, to cool my head. <laughs> okay. That's not what I'm teaching you. This thing will not work because you were in church. It will work because you work it. Because it's the blameless man that has a different reality. It's not, the, it's not member of KDCC church. It's the man who is blameless. It's the man who does the word. It's the man who acts on the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Don't carry my message somewhere. Say, ah, but it's not true. That's your problem. This is God's word. Come on. Did you see that? It says, mark the blameless man. His end is peace. There is what you call the path of the righteous. Ensure you stay on that path. 
Mm-hmm. You see, when they give you medicine, you know, some of you take medicine. When they give you, you know, sometimes the doctor say, take this medicine on empty stomach. There's a reason. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Or they say, shake the bottle well before you drink it. Some of you drink it and shake yourself. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. That's not gonna work. Right? That's not gonna work. You have to shake the bottle and then you drink it. So, what did I just do? <laughs> now, this is it, right? You can choose to take the medicine by your own terms because it was produced scientifically to function under certain conditions. If you meet the conditions, what's gonna happen? It'll work. That's why when you when when a doctor gives you certain medicine and it doesn't work, you know what they ask they will ask you, right? How did you take it? Then you now start your story. Uh, I know you said after every eight hours, but you see, do we sleep who me? <laughs> say, okay, that's the problem. That's why you're not cured. Christ, every medicine was designed to function under a certain condition. Child of God, this word was designed to function under a certain condition. This is not a talisman. This is not magic. This is not voodoo. This does not respond to the church you attend. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There are conditions for the word of God. In Jeremiah 17, what's one of the conditions? It tells us, don't be anxious. Some of you are worried that you don't, you are not worrying. And some of you can worry. Even when there's nothing to worry about. Just the worrying. Why are you anxious? Hey, somebody say, but the way things are going, get in the word. Get the promises. Go back to your faith professors conference card. Take up those cards and confess them. Put them in the mirror. Put them where you see them every day. Change your screensavers to scriptures instead of Messi and Ronaldo. They're not contributing to your future. Hmm? Screensaver, Chelsea. Oh, Arsenal. Oh, man, you. Change it to Philippians 4. God shall supply all my needs according to his riches. Every time you pick a call, you see the scripture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Put confession cards around your house. Listen to me, child of God. Be deliberate about what I'm teaching you right now. Take it seriously because our flourishing depends on it. Get in the word and see if the word of God will not work. Get confessions. Don't slack. Say it all the time. When your children gather around the table, say, this is our year of increase. God is going to bless us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. Are you still here? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me finish this. Okay. Number two, engage in a form of business and duty. It is the work of your hands that God will bless. Right? Genesis 26.12 Please let me have the New Living Translation if you can. In Genesis 26.12 Many times we've had that scripture says 
and God uh, and Isaac sowed in that land. And, and most times, people take it as sowing of seeds. And I've told you, there are many scriptures that talk about giving sacrificially, but this is not one of them. When God told Isaac, don't go away from Egypt, stay in the land, you know what God told him? Plant. Look at this. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. In the midst of famine, he was not supposed to do well. Please, listen to me very carefully. Please listen to me very carefully. This year, you must have something you're doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't say, oh, things are too expensive. Nobody will buy. No, the blessing is on your life. You must have something with which God will bless. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those of you who don't have a job, this is not the time to just be sending applications and folding your hands. Go and look for something to do. Go meet someone, help them sell their goods. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go wash somebody's car. Go out there and plant something on the ground. Put something down. Don't be idle. Look for someone you can eye on their clothes. Young people. This idea that work is a curse, we need to eradicate it. Learn to work. Work hard. Now I was telling Pastor, we, 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 we're closed for the holidays. I just tell Pastor that we have, I mean, there's a new church plant next day. A couple of things to do. I'm going to resume a week before the whole team resumes. Why? You, you've got to work. You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work. It's what you plant that God can bless. It's not what you dream. Hmm? That's why some of you don't like to wake up. Because in the dream you are very rich. (laughs) But you have to wake up and work. Tell your neighbor, wake up and work. So next year is not the year to be lazy. If you don't have a job, you know, this is 9.40. Sometimes I go drop my kids off in the school in the morning and I see just by that junction there a woman who sells food and everything. How many of you see that woman? Right? Just by the door. You are doing as if you don't see her. Do you people pass there to walk? You don't look around. Don't you see that woman at Webros Junction? Right? Is it a woman or a man? Woman. What does she sell? Food. Uh-huh. And all those small sort of stuff, right? You know in the morning. Eh? Momoy. I know you buy from her. You are just looking straight now as if you eat, but I know I'm seeing your face. Right? In the morning, she's there. How early? Tell me. Those of you that are registered member of the church. How early? Five, seven, you don't live here. It's not there. Five, right? Five thirty, six o'clock. That woman is there. When does she close? Okay, you're at work when she closes, but eh? Nine ten. She had every day. Yeah, there's no money here. You are looking to wear Kovaro and helmet. I've told you, if Kovaro and helmet is your issue, put food there. Then wear helmet and wear Kovaro and be selling. If that is only your problem. In fact, next year, where's my staff? We will buy Kovaro and helmet. Since that is your problem. If you are a tailor, since it's Kovaro and helmet you want, we don't worry, we will write no, Saipen tailors. <laughs> What am I trying to say? Listen, don't despise anything you are doing. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you need to ride a bike, get in the city and ride a bike. If you need to push a wheelbarrow, do something that God can bless. There's dignity in labor. 
Don't plan people you will ask money next year. It's not part of the scriptures. Yes, Written 10 people name now. No, do, no, do. This one give me 10,000, 15,000. We are not giving you nothing. <laughs> Go and work. And if you have a husband that is not working, give them this message. Every man, get up there and work. Listen to me. I'm sorry. If this comes out very harsh, forgive me for entering a new year. But I don't care the degree you have. I don't care what you read in school. If you have to put head pan on your head to feed your family, you get out of the door first thing in the morning, you put that head pan on your head and you feed your family. Because the other man who is doing it is still a man. Praise the Lord. Don't worry, you can edit that out, but you've heard it. Let's do something. Young guys, the days of begging are over. If we're going to thrive next year, we have to work. And let me tell you something. If company does not give us work, there's enough work in this city. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So one of your prayers this year will be, Lord, open my eyes. What can I do? What solutions can I provide? This is not an I receive message. You go out there and put it to work. Women, don't just sit at home. Do something. Front of your house, sell something. Fry a car. You know, all those stuff you fry in your house that your husband is licking, he's like, mm, you can cook. Export it. Fry 12, give him two. Sell 10. Uh, I'm sorry, give him two and a half. Sell 10. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen to me, child of God. I want us in this church to embrace the dignity of labor. Because that's what Christians do. Christians work. So we're an example to the world. We must have something that God will bless. And I've told you, as a preacher, people can just come and bless me and sow seed into my life. For you, sometimes it won't work that way. Because this is work for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If we minister spiritual things to you, what's happening? You minister carnal things. This is my own work. I'm working. You might think I'm not, but that's your problem. Not mine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You too, go and walk. So you come here, I walk, you go out, you walk, you bring your tights. That's how, that's how the circle works. <laughs> Who will pay for the AC that is blowing you? Is it me? You are not sweating again. That's the... That's the are you hearing what I'm saying? Life is simple. Let's not make it complex. You go out there and work. Can people dash you money? Yes. But that's not the default pattern for you. The default pattern for you is you plant and God does what? Blesses. Alright. Are we good on that? Number three. The confessions and declaration of your mouth. Mark eleven twenty three. You shall have what you say. Numbers fourteen twenty eight. As you have spoken to my ears, so shall I do unto you. Praise God. Now, I want us to read this. First Peter three ten. First Peter three ten. Oh, 
I like this. Right? I, 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 I realize that there are only five copies of this book left, or four copies, I don't know. The Good Life. If you don't have it, ensure you get it, okay? I think there are only five copies left, so get it from the information stand. I wrote, I explained this topic in this book. Uh, I think we'll, we'll do a reprint. Go, no, use the NLT. For the scripture says, look at this, everybody look up. For the scripture says, if you want to enjoy life, if you want to do what? How many of you want to enjoy life? Let me see. Okay, those of you that don't want to enjoy life, don't come back next Sunday. (laughs) How many of us want to enjoy life? Come on, everybody. All right. And see many happy days. Come on. How many of us want to see happy days? What did the Bible say you should do? From speaking what? And your lips from telling what? Lai does not enjoy good days. <laughs> but look at this, right? Let's talk about speaking your tongue for speaking evil. Evil does not just mean what is bad. Evil is unbelief. The Bible says in Hebrews that they had an evil heart of unbelief. Evil is when you disagree with God. Are you hearing this now? So when God says, get into the promised land, they say, we can't. The Bible says they had an evil heart of unbelief. Why? They did not mix the promise with faith. Good life. See, your tongue is connected to your life. It says, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You write the script of your life. How many of you know? Listen, keep declaring, next year is going to be my best year ever. You don't even need to have many confessions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In 2024, my light shines brighter and brighter. You see, the challenge is when you are saying things like that, people make you feel bad. Still say it. It's not arrogance. You are saying what the word says. I've told you this before. Give me, give me a few minutes to tidy this up. I've told you this before. That in the law court, and I've explained it. Go back and listen to the first Faith Freshers conference I taught on the law of words. Please get that message. Listen to it again. Alright? When you, if, if you commit murder, you kill 10 people. You are a serial killer. Right? And you meet a lawyer. You tell your lawyer that you see what? All these people, I killed them. Then your lawyer says, when you go to court, say not guilty. <laughs> if you now go to court and say, I just like to speak my mind. The way it is, that is how I feel. You know, lawyer, before God and man, I cannot lie to you. I kill all the ten people. Oh God. You, you will die by hanging. Your, listen, your lawyer can only defend you when you say what he says. Did you commit the crime? Yes. But you see what? Your defense is by what he says you should say. Because in the law courts, it is judgment based on law and interpretation of law. So God says when men say there is a casting down, don't say your mind. Don't say what you say. If you say there is a lifting up, I can defend you. If you go and say, I just want to say my mind, there is a casting down. We are all cast down. Are you not cast down? Okay. He can't do anything. God said to them in Numbers, come on, put up that scripture for me quickly. Numbers chapter 14 and verse 28. As you have spoken, Numbers 14, 28. As you have spoken to my ears, I will do the very things I heard you say. Ah! He says, the very things I heard you say, that's what I will do. Listen, God is limited by your confession. Next year, I don't know if you ever chop chicken, you will not. And it's a bad thing. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
child of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do we prove God is alive if we can't take him at his word? Listen, I like to walk by faith. It makes life interesting. Are you hearing what I'm telling you now? Look at this scripture again. Look at this scripture again. What did the Lord say? Now tell them this. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things. What things? The things I promised you. The things I heard you say. Not just in church. Heard you say when nobody was hearing. How many of you know God hears all the time? You know, some of you think God is sleeping. Say, let me just grumble some more, you're sleeping. No, He hears all the time. So your confessions after today matters. Your confessions at home matters. What about when you go to the market and the price of things have gone up and say, you know what? I believe God is prospering us so we can help more people. Praise God. You know, a brother in this church, well, he, his testimony was more detailed than he shared, but you know, brother in this church kept hearing the message kept hearing the word and the Lord has blessed him right and he was telling me say pastor God has really blessed me he has two bikes running in town he distributes he's one of the distributors of, of one ice cream in town and he's got a POS point and I like that making money from all angles and when you see him he doesn't look like it and that's how I want this church to be I want us to be so blessed and so humble that people walk into this church and they don't know that we can actually buy an airplane. I know you are still struggling a bit, but relax. What did I say? I said I want people. I said I want people working into this church. And find us so rich and so humble that they don't know we can actually buy an airplane. Amen. Public notice, don't criticize any minister that is flying a private jet. Don't, don't criticize them because you might have to defend us in the future. So don't. Because for the assignment that God is giving to us in the nations of the earth, the day will come where we'll ride our own plane to go preach. Don't worry, the money doesn't have to come from you. Just say amen. Okay, leave it at that. All right, that's fine. Number four. See, is it not somebody that I've eaten that we, that we drive play? Uh, was I talking to you? What, come on, what did the Bible say? He will do what? What he had me say. I mean, say your own. My confession doesn't affect you. Don't have a problem with my confession when you have your own mouth. Hey, come on, somebody. Are you here? Why do you have problem with somebody's confession what's wrong with your mouth don't feel sorry for me you are not the provider god is somebody say god supplies all my needs come on somebody say god supplies all my needs praise god all right oh boy thank you lord are you blessed um okay two more things wow you must guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 Guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. Right? Proverbs 4.23 What should you not allow to go into your heart? The economic situation. Don't allow it inside. Listen to me. It's always said, right? It's always said that it's not the waters 
that sink the boats. What sinks the boats? The one that gets in. How many of you lived in the River Rhine area? Eh? You know, if you are paddling canoe, there's someone who is always, you know, taking the water out of the canoe because it's that little one that is entry that would sink the canoe, not the big river. It's not the economic situation that will sink you. If you fail here, you will fail out there. The first place to conquer is your heart. Listen, if I will beg you for anything this year, before you get into next year, feed your heart with God's word. You see, this busy, you are busy everywhere, won't help you. Take out one hour. Take out scriptures on increase. Scriptures on favor. We've got cards for you. Take those cards. Meditate. See, believe the word of God. Don't, don't just believe his word. Listen, take this word. And whatever God tells you in this word, believe it. How will it happen? That's not your issue. He knows how to do it. Alright? So you guard your heart. You guard your heart. Guard your heart. You know... Let me say this quickly. Please give me some time. Let me say this quickly. I was in a dream. I was in a vision. And um, I, I was a top minister in this country. Right? I was with him in the dream. And he was taking me around. So he saw a particular building. And he said, Believe in your heart that you can buy this building. And you will buy it. He said, That's how I built my ministry. So I was still in that vision and I met one of his pastors who used to pastor in the city that I was in before in Worry. And the pastor was telling me that what this pastor told you, that's how we also conquer the city. That that's how this ministry has been built. When I woke up from that dream, I knew what God was telling me. You know what God was trying to tell me? Your heart. Listen, if you will expound the boundaries of your heart, you will expound the boundaries of what you're going into next year. So what do you do? Feed it. Feed it. Get the messages we've taught again on faith. Get, load yourself up. I'm telling you, you will be amazed at what God will do and how God will do it. Last one, believe in the supernatural power of God's blessings. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 22. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord make it rich. And it does what? Adds no sorrow to it. How many of you believe this scripture? Come on, I said, how many of you believe this scripture? The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow. NLT. NLT. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Alright? The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. NIV. <sighs> the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds what? No trouble to it. Everybody says no trouble to it. You see, God is going to prosper us and there will be no trouble to it. He will keep us alive in famine. In the name of Jesus, we release the blessing of God upon you. The favor of God upon you. By the power that's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone connected to this ministry, connected to this church, even those who have traveled, we decree in Jesus' mighty name that in 2024, you will experience increase. You will experience the favor of God. Doors that have been shut will open unto you. Wombs that have been shut will be open. Marriages that have been shut will flourish. Job opportunities will come. Houses will come. Cars will come. The favor of God will come. Scholarships will come. We release the blessing and we decree in the name of Jesus that 2024 is your best year ever. God will work supernatural miracles. The blessing of the Lord will rest upon you and you will experience increase. So shall it be and nothing will change it. In Jesus' mighty name.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.